Hey there, and welcome to Bust Creative Blocks, a podcast geared toward helping you create with confidence. We're your hosts, Margaret and Victoria. I create beautiful witchy crafts, Margaret writes stories and sometimes music, and we both have an appreciation for a well-baked loaf of bread. Creating in our noisy world is full of opportunities to let fear or failure stop us. We're here to cheer you on and help you keep going toward creative confidence. Our episodes drop weekly and run about a half an hour. So go ahead, listen while you create. Hi, Victoria. Hey, Margaret. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm really good. I'm just glad to be here with you. Me too. (laughs) In our first inaugural episode of Bust Creative Blocks. BCB. BCB. Wow. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's times I could use help with this, so excellent. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Um, this is this is a space I spend a lot of time in myself. Yeah. And yeah. have spent a lot of time in. Yeah, I I bet. I mean, I don't know. I've never really written anything. You know that I'm not really a writer. Um, you know, not that I'm a math person either, but I'm someone else. But, um, but <laughs> You're like, wonderful. That's what you are. Thank you. But I would think like, because writing is such a, like you're pouring so much of yourself into it. I could see how you would get like, you know, like, oh my gosh, this, I'm an imposter and I'm, you know, I'm it's the room, worst or whatever. You room know? for blocks everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And depending on what you're writing, there could be even more blocks like oh, I have no idea what this village looked like a thousand years ago. Right, and like, right. how do I make that up? It's still make it seem real. And like, you know. Right, because if you're doing a story that's, well, you're making up the story, but you're writing about a time period that actually happened, so you want to be as authentic as you can. Right. Without being there. Yeah. yeah. It can be challenging. Yeah, I bet. And in fact, um, so as you know, I'm, Planning to do some traveling in England. Yes. And touring. I'm and I was excited gonna, for you. Thank you. I was going to go to Nottingham. Okay. Because I wanted to see the castle. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, well, I might as well also go see Sherwood Forest and Loxley Village. Right. You know, these famous Robin Hood places. And um, although my book should be done by then. Okay. But I still want to see. The castle, unfortunately, is closed until further notice. Apparently, there was some misused funds or something from what I can gather from 30 seconds of research. Oh no. I know. And then as it turns out, Loxley where it currently is, I don't know if this is the same distance Mm -hmm. as it was a thousand years ago, is like two and a half hour, two hours, two and a half hours away by train. Ooh. And then Sherwood Forest is small and like further away, further afield than that. So oh. I was like, I think I'm just not going to go to Nottingham because yeah. that was the whole reason I was going to go up there to begin with. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like you need like quite a few days then. And a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, they drive on the opposite side of the road that From we us, try on. Yeah. drive on. And the opposite side of the car, right? Yeah. Are you going to drive when you're there? I'm going to try not to. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that, that might be a good visit. thing. Not that I think your driving is bad, but I oh, think that would you. be very confusing. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it's, yeah, it's enough not to have to do that. Yeah. I mean, they have, they are having some occasional, um, issues with trains due to labor strikes and such. Mm -hmm. So, but I'd be more likely to hire someone to drive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they They do have Uber, at least in the cities. I don't know if they have them outside of cities, but 
We'll find out. Yes. You know, I'm not really going to be on like a rush at any one time. Right. So. Right. It'll just happen how it happens. Will you be able to do a lot of like research for books on this trip? Or? I hope so. That's okay. one of my goals. Okay. That's so cool. Thank you. That's so cool. I'm very much looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. I've been writing stories that take place in England for a long time, so it'll be nice to get there and actually see the place. Yeah. And yeah. that can be a cause for a block, too. You know, the yeah. whole, like, I've never been there. Should I be writing about it? Well, I have to say, in your book, The Red Fletch, Thank which you. I read, <laughs> um, big fan. Thank um, you. Like, when I'm reading it, I feel like you're, you've been there. Like, oh, that's you so good. Like, you were there, like... <laughs> In that same time period, because like everything, like I could imagine, I can imagine like her dress when you discuss like the walking through the village and it's, you know, wet from like, cause there's, you know, the wagons and like the, the deep ditches or, you know, like whatever's caused by like those wheels and like there's water and like her dress is dragging in it. Like I can almost like smell the mud, you know? Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So um, I can't imagine you ever have blocks. Uh, or that you should ever. <laughs> um, and therein lies lies the difference, right? <laughs> right. In all creative pursuits. Right. <laughs> having the blocks versus should or should not having right. the blocks. Right. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, the, that's the nice thing about having it be so long ago mm-hmm. is I can use research in my imagination to kind of fill in the gaps. Okay. Um, and it's not like someone's going to say, like, this doesn't look like Loxley now. Like, well, no, it wouldn't because... It's been a thousand years. I'm pretty right. sure that that place has changed. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I would not be surprised if its borders have changed somewhat. And same with Nottingham. You know, it might have been um, larger back then. I was not able to find any maps from that time period, at least from this from our side of the pond here in America. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a library over there where they have that and it's not digitized. Um, Maybe. But, but like, how do you do... So, is your process that you write the book, or you write, like, a section of the book, and then do the research to figure out, like, okay, what does this place look like? Like, now I'm going to write that she's in a village. And, okay, now she's in a village. Now, what does it look like? Like, do you close your eyes and try to imagine it? Or, like, do you do some research, read what it might look like, and then try to imagine it? It's a little bit of both. I try to do as little research as possible while I'm writing. Okay. Because that will actually, for me, that stops the creativity. It's a different process. It's okay. learning instead of creating. Mm-hmm. And both are equally fun. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't like to do them both at once. Because I'll also go down a research rabbit hole. And I'll be like, oh, so the sheep lived in that part of villages? Like, why? Yeah. And let me find everything out about that. And it's like, I don't really need to know. I just need to know that they were there. Right. Right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I could see myself going down some sort of like crazy path. It's interesting. Of information that I may not need to know, but I would just be interested in and I'd like to know it. Yeah. Um, For example, okay. did you know that animals used to be able to be charged of crimes? Yes, and I only know that because you told me <laughs> oh, that did once. I? Yes, <laughs> and I think that that is hysterical. I know, poor, poor animals. But then, okay... So if I had a dog and the dog did something, was the dog responsible or was I responsible? The dog was responsible. Okay, for his own actions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I... Ooh, maybe you would have been responsible too. Maybe, I don't know. It maybe. depends, I guess, Probably on the more the merrier. Yeah, maybe. You know, they maybe they would have put me in the... Is it called the stocks? Like um, the, if, if, you, if your dog had stolen something. Okay. <laughs> and then the dog would have been put somewhere else. 
you know? I think that I think the animals were sometimes confined. I think sometimes their humans were charged fines. Wow. Because I mean, obviously, crazy. like the dog can't get money. Yeah. No. Although we did have a dog who he used to pick up spare change, and whenever he'd come over for pets. He would just like drop a coin at your feet. Oh, that's and we're great! Like, it's the bank of bear. <laughs> that's great. It was awesome. Okay. It was usually a penny, but it was but still I'm good. I'm guessing effort. that he probably took the money from one of you. He guys. did. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't producing. He didn't have a mint. <laughs> he was the golden goose to dog. <laughs> if only. Yeah. If only. Okay. Well, you know, I could see how. Everybody would have a different process of doing that because probably for some people they do need to do the research before they do the writing. But I think that, yeah, like probably if you're, if you're doing the writing first then it could be more authentically you. Yeah. I also do, um, a lot of like visualization type exercises. I'll map things out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I would research like what a typical medieval village like how it was organized. Okay. And then I'll, I I made like a map of my own version of Loxley. Okay. And I probably, I'm not the greatest at drawing that sort of drawing. Okay. But I probably spent about four hours on it, on this little schematic that I drew. Okay. That I could then reference and be like, okay, that's where that is. That's how far away that is, you know. Okay. This is where she's got to go to do this and that, that such thing. Um, I'll also get up and act things out a lot. Okay. Which probably would make me seem like I need some help. Because <laughs> I'll play multiple roles, you know. I'll, I'll be over here and, like, talk in one direction and one character and one voice. And then I'll switch and be in a different posture and in a different voice as somebody else. And just kind of, like, block out the scene as though Like I a one-woman do- show. Yes. Okay. Exactly. You could do, like, dinner theater. <laughs> I could. There you go. I won't. But, <laughs> but I you could. <laughs> Well, that's it. that's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but there's plenty of room for lots of blocks. Um, imposter syndrome was a, a big one for me for a long time mm-hmm. until I figured out how to bust that bad boy. Yeah. And uh, perfectionism is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always uh, at some point feeling like, okay, what if this is my last idea? Yes, but. So perfectionism, I think, is like the worst thing. Yeah, because it's I never, mean, it's not attainable. Right. I mean, of course, there's things that are worse. But, you know. Like, <laughs> as creative the, blocks yeah, go. Because <laughs> I feel like you will never be perfect. Because I don't know about you, but for like myself, whenever I create something, I can go back and tweak it 8 million times. Oh, yeah. And still be thinking of tweaks. And sometimes it ends up, oh, that's like I had it four times ago, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, um. But perfectionism is awful. And when I, like, work with people that are perfectionists, because I do, they make me a little, like, um, antsy, nervous. I don't know, because I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't be like that. Like, I always feel like I'm less than Mm -hmm. because, oh, my gosh, they're, they're striving for perfection. And I'm striving just for it to, like, you know look okay yeah Um, and communicate what it needs to communicate exactly exactly so for me it's always really difficult being with like people that are perfectionists um not that I don't like them or anything they're great but like I I'm not at that standard for myself um because I can't be I think because I'll make myself crazy yeah I think it's very healthy not to be there not to say it's unhealthy to be a perfectionist but it's you know what? I am going to say that. It is unhealthy to be a perfectionist mm-hmm. because it can stop your creativity. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's getting worse over time. And I think that that's because we have a tendency to compare ourselves to others and seeing others work on social media. And I, mm-hmm. I don't dislike social media as much as I used to. I'm coming mm-hmm. around on Instagram a tiny, tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing that, it can be really easy to compare and despair. Yeah, yeah. And that only um, leads to more perfectionism. Yeah, I think perfectionism is just really hard. I really, my heart goes out to people who are perfectionists because, you know, they're really, that that argument is so within themselves. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen things and I've been like, oh my God, that's beautiful. And somebody's been like, this is the worst. Oh my God. And you're like, it's really gorgeous, you know? And you can't get them to believe you because no. they're being very hard on themselves. So, um, yeah. Wow. Okay. That is a huge block. It is. It can It can really be a mm-hmm. big problem for a lot of people across all types of creativity, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, you know, it's... Writing is the... I, I like being creative in a lot of ways, and there are a lot of creative pursuits that I come and go with, mm-hmm. like playing piano. Right. I do that purely for my own enjoyment. It's not performative at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never going to do a recital. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I don't even really like when someone is listening outside the door because it makes me nervous. Really? Yes, it's purely for me. Um, it sounds so like sense and sensibility. I know, you I know, could when, never do that though where they have to perform. Elena's sister is like, you know, playing the piano and everybody in the house could hear it. It's almost like having the radio on, you know? Yeah. And everybody in the house could hear it and she's still playing and she's fine with that. And like, Ellen is listening at the door and... She probably knows that she's there because, I mean, it looks like it's a straight <laughs> eyesight, but, um, you know, and, and Staring at she's still playing. Of yeah. course, that is a movie, but, you know. Right, and I think it was expected of people back then, too. True. To be True. able to do that, but... I would have had a lot of difficulty with that. Okay. Or especially like having people sitting in the room staring at me while I'm playing. Oh, no, yeah. I, I could not. No. I absolutely no, would just yeah. be sick to my... I'd be like, what's a piano forte? I don't, I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have to pretend, yeah. you know, claim ignorance. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's very possible when we're in the creative space that really speaks to us. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard when there's blocks because it's like we can't put it down. You know, the piano I can put down. Mm-hmm. If I'm struggling with it or I have carpal tunnel that day or whatever, I just don't play. It's mm-hmm. not that it doesn't hurt me emotionally. But if I am not producing my writing at the pace that I want to, it actually is emotionally painful. So I think when we find our creative path that we're meant to be called on to, it's even harder when those blocks surface because it's like, this is what I'm supposed to. I came here in this life to do this. Mm -hmm. So why aren't I doing it? Right. You know, do you you ever experience that sort of thing? Well, no, because like, okay, so... um... Well, you didn't really get to say this, but you're an author. So, like, you're kind of, you know, I don't know. I feel like you're, like, producing your stuff for more, like, potentially more people than I will ever produce anything I make for. Because, um, you know, I'm not really, like, out there, you know. Um, um, for me, like, I can, pro- can produce things and um, and I don't get any sort of perfectionism about them or anything but I can get in my own way very easily about things like, oh, I suck. Okay. <laughs> you know? So a little bit of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Just like, you know, oh, I, I suck at this. And like, yeah. no, you know, this, this, is the, this is the most awful thing ever. Um, 
And it's funny because I find that I do that like um, on some projects, but then like when we do our projects together, so we also make um, anointing oils. So when we do those together and like incenses and all those things, I, maybe it's the collaboration, but that all just goes away. Okay. For me, any sort of collaboration means like, I don't know, all of it just kind of falls away and it's like, now we're going to work together and both put in our, our good and take out our bad and it's going to be the greatest product ever. Yeah. Which of course that's pretty much what I say about our anointing oils. Well, they are the greatest product (laughs) ever. I mean, enough said about that. Like the greatest ones ever, you know, but like, um, so for me, you know, I think that sometimes since we're making such small batch quantities that, um, you know, I'm only touching maybe five people at a time or, you know, (laughs) so it's, it's not as scary because I would think that being an author makes it scarier. It can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely can be there's, because uh, there's a lot of propensity for like the faceless reader, you know. And I'm not saying that you meet face to face everybody that mm-hmm. that buys, you know, these products. Mm-hmm. And, and for anyone who doesn't listen to our other podcast, This Magical Life, Victoria um, is talking about products that get sold at a little shop called Tiantero in Madison, Connecticut. But she also, you also make these gorgeous travel altars. I do. I do. I make these altar boxes and I fill them up with all sorts of goodies. And they're a lot of fun to do. Um, and I, I think because I make them so personalized and I pour so, so much of myself into it, I kind of like, well, it's imperfect like me. And that's what makes it perfect, kind of. I, if that I love makes that. any it's sense. Beautiful. You know, um, and they're so one of a kind, so I never really have to replicate them, which is great. Yeah. Um, we make these little travel altars at at um, Tea and Taro in Madison, and um, you know they're almost they have a theme to them, and that's almost harder for me. Okay, how come? Because I have to follow like someone's set of rules I, they're probably my own <laughs> like they're not even like you know like but there's some, a parameter right but there's yeah. like there's like a little you know there's there's like yeah like kind of like a square that I have to stay in and I have a hard time sometimes doing that okay you know being hmm, just staying in the box mm-hmm. has a hard time staying in, <laughs> yeah. in the lines yes yes <laughs> so uh, shocking <laughs> No, I, I love that though, and I I have one of your travel altar boxes, and I just adore it. It's, thank you, thank That's you so nice. for making it. Um, but you have a website, so can do people order them or they can they can they okay. can. Um, sometimes I have ones on my site that are just available for purchase, and then sometimes people will contact me and just ask me. Okay, um, you know, like they'll say, I like this fabric, or do you still can you still get this fabric? Because um, I special order all of my fabric as well, so. There's a little bit of weight if somebody special orders something, but usually I can I can I can make it happen as, you know, I try to I try to keep fabric in stock like in my studio at all times, but you know. Yeah. You know, there's always you can't like, have I love everything. that fabric, but I like it in like the you know, like the orange or you know, whatever <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, I only have the blue, you know, but um yeah. So um so I do do special orders. That's awesome. Yeah. Does it feel different doing those projects than it does projects like the ones for Tea and Tarot? You know, where so in other words, that has a potentially larger audience. Mm-hmm. You know, what I like about 
So the things that I create on my website, I never really get to meet the person. I never get to talk to them afterwards. A lot of times, like, they'll put, you know, feedback or whatever, which is great, but I don't really get to, like, talk to them. What I like about making, like, the oils and the boxes uh, for the shop and, you know, any incense or any anything that we've created is when somebody asks me questions, I could go on, like, oh, my gosh. When we were creating this, we were in, like, the happiest place. So this is, like, <laughs> a really happy oil and it has, you know, clove in it or, you know, and I will go on and on. So I like that to be able to now, like, you see it and you know what it is, but let me tell you about it. I think that's beautiful. I like that part. <laughs> to be able to connect with people and talk about it can be so challenging sometimes in some creative, uh, you know, um, aspirations or, or endeavors. So to be able to talk to someone and, and get excited about that in the moment, as opposed to a half hour after they've left, and you're like, right. now I'm really excited. I wish they'd come back and talk to right. me again. You know? <laughs> right. So right. that's really great. Right. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, but, um, you know, creating things is always giving a piece of yourself yeah to something it really is it really you know, is where i would think like if you were an accountant like you don't really have that problem you have other problems yeah like you're not really giving like a piece of yourself because it's all like black and white in numbers you know right you're giving your time you're giving yeah. your mental energy yeah um yeah i and it, it, it's so interesting because for as hard as creating is and it is hard, mm -hmm. or everyone would do it all the time. Yep. Um, I, I personally feel like I'm incapable of doing work that doesn't have at least some element of that. How do you feel about that? Like in, in, in a professional capacity, if there's work that has no level of creativity at all, do mm -hmm. you struggle with that? Like, does it create like a reverse block? For me personally, no. Okay. Um, when I, uh, you know, I used to work at a law firm and there's no room for creativity there. Um, and that was fine. It, it was what it was. And I knew that. Um, and you know, to me, that was a very easy job. If not easy because of the work involved, but like you were either right or you were wrong. Okay. There was no, you might be right. Cause the type of law that I did was tax or shiari. So it was numbers. So you're either right or you're wrong. Like there was no like, oh, you may be right. You know, like, yeah. and I kind of enjoyed that because I could kind of go in. I knew what I was going to do. If we, if we had to go to court, we knew what we had to say and what we had to prove. And it was, you know, there was no like, you know, like when you see like old movies like Ellery Queen, was that, was the, was that what the name of that was? That my parents used to watch. I think so. And like they would be in court. And somebody would be like, oh my God, surprise. Look at this piece <laughs> of paper. This shows that like, you know, through this through this other chance that you're, you know, you are guilty. Like, you know, there wasn't really a lot of that. So, um, or any of that. So it, it made it really kind of easy. Okay. Um, you know, because you knew what your, again, what your parameters were. Right. But when you're being creative... And you're not really setting parameters. You you know, you can, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes it hard. Yeah, it's what makes it hard and also exciting, I think. Oh, exciting, definitely. It's, it's both things. And it's what so, makes yeah. us strive for that. But there are a lot of potential pitfalls along the way. Do for you, sure. Well, do you ever find like you're so excited about what you're writing and so jazzed? 
that like it's like three in the morning, you're still up and you're like, oh my God, I have to go to bed at some yes. point. But now I'm too excited to go to bed because I want to react this like oh, new yeah. scene. I mean, I would say less three in the morning now that I'm in, I'm officially in my 40s mm-hmm. than when I was in my 20s. There's a lot more three in the morning then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's say 1130. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Or I, I'm, or I'll wake up early. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes um, oh, the most dangerous thing for a good night's sleep is getting an idea right before I go to bed, mm-hmm. because I'll usually wake up at five, and I'm like, well, there's no point in trying to sleep now, even though I've only been asleep for three and a half hours. I'm gonna go and start writing mm-hmm. or researching this or whatever. Um, the other most dangerous thing is getting an idea that isn't something I'm currently working on. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. when you're writing books, it's such a long time between changing projects mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I definitely keep story idea like files and lists, but, and this is a bad problem. This is, sorry. This is a good problem to have, but I probably have more ideas than I'll ever have time to write in this lifetime and more keep coming. And yet at the same time, there are those days where I'm like, is this my last idea? Oh, right. Right. Woe is me. Get my fainting couch. Get my fainting couch in the smell <laughs> Um, so, you know, it goes, it, it goes both ways and sometimes at the same time, but okay. the hardest, one of the hardest things is when an idea hits and it's like, I can't work on that right now. I have to finish this other one. And then that can cause another block because it's like, now I want to do the new thing that's shiny. Yep. Cause yep. the shiny ones are always easier cause they're new. You, yep. You're not in any problems yet. Yep. You know, okay. it's just like just discovery and exploration and possibility but the project that you've been revising for three years is like, it can start to feel like drudgery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm in this still. Okay. You know? So, I mean, I said that you were an author, but you, you're very creative. I mean, you make Thank a you. lot of things and I know that we work together on some things. And it's so much fun. Um, And I know that you've made some things for another shop in our town uh, called Folklore, which is also in Connecticut. Um, So I know that you're a creative person. Do you think that you start, like, do you remember, like, being little and being creative? Or do you remember, like, creativity was something that, like, you saw and were like, oh, I want to be a more creative person. Now I'm going to hone that skill. Or was it just, like, everybody was like, oh, this is our daughter Margaret. She's so creative. Like, you know. um, I don't remember being particularly creative as a child. Okay. I I would do, like, arts and crafts projects. I remember my Mm -hmm. mom teaching me how to sew and how to crochet and things like that. Um. I know I had a, a vivid imagination as, as a child. I'm mm-hmm. famous in my family. I don't do this anymore. Um, for I used to sit in an empty laundry basket and use coat hangers as oors. And in the same spot, you know, it sounds crazy. That's in the same so spot adorable. in the room, I would go all over the world. Okay. Um, and I would just sit there and I would be rowing away while my mom was folding laundry, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was probably thrilled because I was contained. Right, <laughs> right. The child has put herself in a basket. It's right. all good. Um, but I I was very science-oriented when I was little. Okay. I was big into dinosaurs and I didn't fall out of love with them until halfway through college. Okay. And that was more because, okay, so I wanted to be a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I had to study geology, which I also really loved because who doesn't love Rocks. Oh my God, love rocks. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I'll just do this. Because like, to be 
going to go into paleontology, you also have to study biology. And I wasn't as good at that, but I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. the rocks were easy. Yeah. But the idea of, you know, I love the outdoors, but I also have really bad seasonal allergies. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, this is not really meshing for me. And I, 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 that was at a time in my life when I was unhappy with where I was. Um, so I ended up transferring to a different school. I ended up changing majors. And I was kind of lost for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done like some art stuff in high school. And I did a camp called Center for Creative Youth at Wesleyan University for five weeks. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I was never like, like I took art classes and stuff, but I was not like the art kid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was just something I did for fun. And when I changed majors later in college, I I got more into drawing and, you know, I took some more art classes and I really enjoyed it. But I I didn't enjoy enough of it broadly to make a degree program. Okay. Or to follow a degree program with it. Okay. I don't like painting. <laughs> All okay. that much, unless it's digital painting, because I don't like the mess. Um, <laughs> and I don't like the way the paint feels on my hands, which is inevitable, because even right. if you're using a brush, it's going right. to get on you at some point. Um, and I didn't like sculpture or anything with pottery. Okay. So, you know, we're like already weeding out a lot of fine right. arts. Right. So there goes that degree. And um, I ended up majoring in art history, because my parents were like, please, please pick something. Right. Choose, choose a subject. Right. They're like, we don't even care anymore right. which Just subject you whatever. choose. Whatever. Finish. Yeah. Get done and get out. Um, and I liked art history, so I stuck with that. And it wasn't until my last semester that I was like, I think I want to be a writer. Oh, okay. So I graduated with my degree in art history. Okay. Which was not particularly useful for finding a job directly in that field. Okay. Because um, I didn't have a finance minor mm-hmm. and I didn't have a museum studies minor. So to just be in art history, the only thing you can really do from there without either of those or at the time would be to go study more art history. And I was like, no more school right now. Um, so I started to just work and started learning how to write fiction. Okay. Um, some of my early fiction projects, let's just say it's a good thing that they got accidentally deleted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I used to write a lot of horror fiction. Not that there's oh. anything wrong with that. Right. There's not. Um, I was big into zombies for a while. Okay. I was convinced that the only way to explore the human condition was in writing about zombies. Okay. I was convinced there was oh, no okay. other possible way. Okay. You know, my, my young self was very, uh... <laughs> were you, like, super goth as, as a... No. Okay. I had a lot of friends who were, though. Okay. I was thinking, like, maybe you were, like, so super goth that you were, like, okay. That would yeah. make sense. Okay. But no, no, I was not, actually. Okay. Um... To this day, I couldn't even really tell you what fascinated me about them. Then they got super popular, and then I started to hate zombie stories. Okay. And at that, that's when I fell in love with Jane Austen, because I had read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And then I fell in love with Jane Austen, and Ken, I, I was reading a Ken Follett at the time, Pillars of the Earth. Okay. And I was like, I think I'm going to try this historical fiction stuff. Of course, for Jane Austen, that wasn't historical. That was right. contemporary, but right. um felt historical to me 200 right. years later. Right. And... uh yeah, so that's that's how I got onto that path. It was very windy. Wow. Um and not at all. 
how one would think it starts, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I loved to read and everything as a kid, but I was never that kid who, like, couldn't put a book down to do something else. Okay. You know? Oh, interesting. I figured you were going to say, like, you wrote just all the time. I think I I wrote a couple of short stories but they were, and poems, but they were ones I had to write for school. Okay. It okay. wasn't something, like, I didn't dislike it. Okay. But it wasn't something I felt, you know, like called to at a young age i was mm-hmm. much more interested in you know could chickens have evolved from t-rexes right right okay kind of kind of okay. thinking yeah okay that okay how about you that's how, quite the journey <laughs> yeah how, how, how would you describe your creative journey so my creative journey is really weird because um so i had one sister when i was growing up and she was an artist she painted she did charcoal drawings um, she played guitar. I mean, she was, you know, just really, um, re- and really good at what she did. Mm-hmm. So she was the artsy one and I was like the other one. So my family never thought I was creative or artsy or anything. So I was like, oh, I'm not creative or artsy. So, you know, um, that's okay. I think that that's how I actually ended up like working in a, in a firm because I was, you know, I, was also before that, like I worked, um, when I was in college, like with, you know, with accountants and, um, you know, so it just was like, cause I'm an, I'm number person. Like I'm, you know, um, and it wasn't until, um, I would say after, until I had my first child that my friends were like, you should come with us and go scrapbooking for a weekend. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I thought that they were kind of crazy. And I was like, I don't know about this. But I went, and we had such a blast, first of all, but I really was very creative that weekend, and I felt like, oh, it it kind of put something together, because I always had wanted to be a photographer, and I had first went to college for photography, until my parents found out and made me change my major to business management, because they were like, you'll be poor forever, and like, have to like, live on our couch, so, um, you know, uh, that, you know, no parent wants to support their kid forever. <laughs> so with the scrapbooking, I was like being creative and I was using photography and I really started to get back in photography then. Um, and I had, you know, I, um, at one point I had, you know, um, taken all these pictures of cemeteries in new England. I had wanted to write a book about that. And, uh, and you know, like mostly like a, a photography book, not like really write a book, you know, like not like a story or, you know, um, anything like that. So I was like, I kind of started revisiting all that. And, um, it's really funny because the first business I ever opened was like, a um, it was a jewelry business and it was called inspired by Jane for Jane Austen. <gasps> I and love I made that. all like these really period pieces of oh jewelry. Oh my goodness. Um, and I, I loved it. And, you know, so for me, it was like a little bit later in life that I realized that like, this was my true passion and calling, you know? Um, I wasn't really a numbers person. I was more <laughs> creative than I thought, but because my sister was like this beautiful artist and I could not paint like she could, I never was like, oh, well I must be artistic too Yeah, in a different way. But you know, I often wonder like if my friend Patty had not asked me to go on this scrapbooking weekend, like would I have like, would I have ever arrived at the same path? You know, would I maybe just been like, oh no, you know. I'm a numbers person. That's what I'm going to be forever. And that was it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I often wonder that. But yeah, so it was kind of later in life. Interesting. And, uh, and yeah, and now it's weird because I'm like, you know, everything I see anyone, anyway, I'm like, ooh, I, I, 
could make that. Oh, crochet. I could crochet. (laughs) (laughs) Sewing. What? No, I could do that, you know? And like, now I have like a whole studio. Which is beautiful. Thank you. In my house. Like I have like, you know, embroidery machines and sewing machines and crickets and, you know, all those like paper cutting things and like so much yarn and so many herbs and so much stuff. And I love it. And it, but it's now, like I said, it's, it's a little bit of a problem. Like I'll see something like I could do that. I'm never going to create that. <laughs> and like, I will like literally like I'll be out shopping or whatever or somewhere and I will drive home and start like getting ingredients together and, you know, I love you know, so I love that. And I mean, sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't work out great. <laughs> okay. So if someone came to you and said, Victoria, your creative time is over. It's time to go back to numbers. What would your reaction oh be? Oh my gosh. I, I would be like, what? Like, I would feel like something was something terrible. Like, that was a terrible thing. Yeah. I would feel like my, like, you know, my air was almost being taken from me. Yeah. Because I like to be creative. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think what we're both landing on, and correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Is that once this is a, once this is flipped on inside of you, you can't turn it back off. It's I like, think that's so true. You can't. Yeah. It's like trying to stop Niagara Falls. It's, right. Right. <laughs> it's it doesn't matter happen. if you were like two or if you're like, you know, 82. It's on and it's on and that's it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I'm sure that a bunch of our listeners would say like, oh yeah, I, I see that all the time. Like I'll see a picture. I'm like, I'm going to go recreate that. Let me get some ribbon and scissors and whatever else, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I think... Yeah, I think that that is that is so true. And then so when those blocks happen and it feels like something either internally or externally is trying to shut off that switch and it can't be shut off. Mm-hmm. That's where that friction comes from. That That is such a great way to put it. Like <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, Thank you. definitely. Yeah. Cuz that is what it feels like. It is indeed. Yeah. So, dear listeners, if you feel that way sometimes, you have landed in the right place. We are going to talk about all this and more. <laughs> and so much more. And I definitely want to talk to Victoria more about her photography because I do, I do know she's a photographer and I, I think she's brilliant at it. I haven't, well, thank had, you. I haven't had the chance to see much of your photography yet, but thank you. Um, everything you do is brilliant. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you need that boost, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm having some imposter you. syndrome, just send me a text and Excellent. I'll just gush. Excellent. Um, so yeah, please do continue to listen to our podcast. And yes. if you are also seeking a magical path for yourself, check out This Magical Life. We podcast there as well. And we drop episodes on Sundays there. We do. So we'll hopefully see you in both places. Well, we won't see so. you. We'll talk to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we can't see you. We can't see you. Let's not scare people that we're watching them. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so much fun. Thanks. Go out and create. Go create indeed. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Share our podcast with your favorite creators and leave a review. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and share your creativity with us by tagging us at Bus Creative Blocks.